All right, folks, it's time to make meat business your business because we're in business with the best in the meat business. I'm talking about Hassle Cattle Company and that blue collar beef. So damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. If you order one of our burgers, it's coming to you from the good folks at Hassle Cattle Company. By the way, Hassle Cattle Company is giving away a $200 gift card and cooler to one lucky winner. It's real easy to enter. Just head to the DNVR Sports Twitter page and click the link on our pinned tweet. It's free. You can win money and a fantastic cooler. Plus, you get notified about all their best deals. Hey, speaking of deals, Hassle Cattle Company is hooking you up with 10% off your entire purchase. Now, I know what you're thinking. I've already ordered from Hassle Cattle Company. I've already used your promo codes. Well, guess what? This this code, DNVR10, it gets you 10% off every single time. Check out Hassle Cattle Company. Get some of that blue collar beef up in you. Get the week going. Long weekend. Yeah. Short week. Feel like I haven't been at work in two <laughs> I weeks. I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a minute, man. Yeah. No, that's not true. I was here Thursday. Was that Thursday? I was here. Th- it wasn't that long ago. Like we get a little three-day weekend, and <laughs> it feels like, like a, a crazy vacation. Ago. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast, aka the DNBA show, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code. DNVR when you sign up. Man, I never knew that it was like right here above me. Like right there. That's like right where it's at. (laughs) Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Uh, All kinds of good deals. Football season is upon us. You guys know football gambling. That's where everybody gambles. So so DraftKings, what do they do? They give the most ridiculous first week one deal. So you hop on there. There's uh, there's free money on DraftKings. They pretty much fund your first couple weeks of gambling for you for free. They definitely, definitely (laughs) do. Uh, So sign up. Use promo code DNVR. Um... Wind here modeling the new vibes collection. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to ask me about my like holiday weekend. Off I am going to ask you about that. And so say it, it was it was great. Well, mostly because I got a whole new wardrobe. Is I got right? like four or five new shirts, courtesy of the vibes collection dropping this weekend. Uh, if you were at the bar Saturday, you got the. First I heard it was popping. I heard it was popping. Of course it's popping. Of course it's popping. No, but I heard for real. It yeah. was like packed. It was a great time. It was yeah. sloppy. But in a good way. <laughs> it always gets a little sloppy. Like when when the sun goes down at the DNVR <laughs> bar, it gets a little sloppy. But um, yeah, I picked up some new shirts. This is my one of my favorites. The the vibes are immaculate, of course. So some great drops from uh from the one and only D line. You check out the DNVR locker. We got all of them. The Colfax and New York shirt. That's oh, my jam. Yeah. The Die Hard shirt. That's also my jam. Yeah. And then the flower shirt. That's for girls. Right at the moment, only yeah. girls. That's also my jam. I've never worn a woman's <laughs> cut shirt, but I might try it out if we have. I don't know what I you, wear. You in do women's. know the most about fashion at the company. I do. So hey, I have if, been, if you're saying it, <laughs> I have been nominated most fashionable or voted most fashionable. So yeah. as you can see today look at me i, I, mean, I dig on. it man good good summer vibe little summer pink vibe. Shorts. summer okay. winding down speaking of which labor day is the unofficial end of summer it's not it's actually not the end of summer i think it's yeah. the 21st or 22nd of september but labor day for all intents and purposes is it's just because there's not a holiday in september <laughs> so, correct i wish we yeah i wish we <laughs> celebrated the equinox i know i'm yeah. the only one that does but um so we'll be looking forward to that but Honestly, like this weekend is a good one. What did you? I I had an incredible weekend. I went out. First of all, we had the golf tournament. You did not participate. I didn't. But it was an awesome time. It was actually I liked it even more than the last one. If you guys, if anybody plays like even like I don't play golf. I play like six, seven times this this entire year. Maybe less than that. Maybe it was yeah. four or five. I'm bad at counting. But it was it was so much fun. This was like they are little games at every when you do a tournament. They have little games at every one. So it was like a marshmallow hit and stuff. It was just fun, man. It was just yeah. a good time. I shot terrible. Worst golf of my life. <laughs> Had a great time. <laughs> Can't complain. Um, and then the best was this weekend. Memorial Day and Labor Day, as much as it's the, the unofficial start and end of summer, each of those, they're also camping season. That's where camping mm. season exists for me. Okay. So this was a farewell to camping for me. Nice. I did not go camping. I was just hanging with the family out. all weekend. I had some family I hadn't seen for a while. So that's why I was not at the golf tournament. It's um, fun, but. man, because like camping for me is some of my favorite memories Like growing up. And now I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and where we're at, there's, like, rocks and stuff. And 
like I just remember this as a kid. Like honestly, I don't. I only have like five memories before I was twenty, <laughs> and they're all of camping and stuff. And I watching my kids this weekend. I'm like, they're. It brought me back. I'm like, nice. this is like when I was a kid with my cousins. I went with some cousins. With my cousins, they're like climbing rocks. They're building forts. They're exploring. They're like coming up with a little adventure. Like, man. is there a bear over there? Like, it's not. But you know, they're. Yeah. It's fun, man. It brought me back. So. That's what it's about. It is what it's about. What I'm it's telling about, you, man. that's awesome. Camping peaks when you're a kid. But the second peak is when you have kids. That's right. my opinion. Right. And then everything in between is just a smaller, slightly slight smaller peak. Um, we do have a, a bunch of questions you guys asked this week. I'm not going to lie. Some very good ones. Yeah. Some repeat questions. We were joking about this. There's certain <laughs> questions I feel like we get every week we put out the mailbag and people yeah. are like the same ones. Um, so we'll bring those up just for fun. Just to you, dunk you, on you people. You probably know what they are. They're just the hits. <laughs> the hits. The hits. We'll play some we'll, of the hits we'll play today. Some of the hits for sure. <laughs> that is like like a band. Uh, you feel like um, yeah. It's like when you come out for an encore and everybody just knows what song it's going to be. Yeah. That's that's what these mailbag questions All right, are. Here we sometimes. go. Going to play that one. Uh, I went. By the way, I went to Marcy's Playground one time. Uh-huh. Only one song I knew, and it was the encore. You're right. They play the whole set, and I'm like, I don't know any of these songs. Well, now it's out. gotten to a point, like, this is one of my pet peeves about concerts now. Like, everybody just expects the encore, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, and the course. band expects the encore. So they hold out the one yeah, song yeah. for the encore. It's like, okay, we yeah. know what's coming. But you know what? It works every time. Of course. <laughs> they come out in the band. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. You're drunk. It's, it's like the end of the night. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes I knew they would. <laughs> Um, do you have anything nuggets related off the top before we get into some of this stuff? I mean, uh, we are in the dog days. No. <laughs> well, media day, I think is media day three weeks away now. Man. Are we three weeks I away? Hope not. So we Just have three kidding. yeah, three weeks before we will be doing like the media recap show and, and all that stuff. So it doesn't it feels like it's far off, but I mean guys are in town. We yeah. didn't get a sweet like we didn't get too many great photo dumps. Well, you know? Labor Day in years past when we've been on the normal calendar has always been the point when most guys come back into right, town right. at. Um, okay, like most guys would come into town on, on Monday, on Labor Day or, or Tuesday and then start getting in the facility. I feel like still, even though we are on or we're, we are going into a normal calendar NBA season with how accelerated things have been, the timeline still pushed a little forward. So maybe guys will come back in over the next couple weeks mm. instead of just all being here mostly on you know the day after Labor Day. But guys are back in town. I'm it's, telling it's you, man. Close. It's I am, very close. I am fully rejuvenated. It took me a while. I've been like slow. I'm fully. You said I hope not with media day. I'm like I'm ready, man. I'm not rejuvenated yet, and I'm not. I'm not <laughs> afraid to admit it. I could, I could go for another couple camping trips. You need, to, you need to go to Boulder. You need to do some yoga or something. No, I'm ready, man. I'm excited for it. I think I know what it was. I said this actually during the pandemic. I went back uh, uh, like months ago and, and watched one of our pandemic shows. But I remember when we saw Yoke for the first time give a presser yeah. after like the pandemic happened. We were in quarantine. We didn't know. And then when Yoke first arrived, I was like, I'm a new man. Yeah. I'm ready for the season. I think it was, again, seeing Yoke in that like teal blue tank top. <laughs> Which, first of all, great tank top. <laughs> first of all, isn't it honest to got a choice to wear? Like, Yoke, I'm telling you, three, four years ago, I don't think he does the teal tank top. Yeah. That's like a style choice he made. And I was like, yo, he looks, he looks great. It's great, man, because everybody wears, um, you know, the NBA issue yep. skin tight tank top yep. or just some Nuggets gear. And Yoke comes out with this, this teal, like, Tank top that his wife just definitely ordered for him off <laughs> Nike.com. Yeah, for sure. And it just is rocking it. He definitely looked like he could surf. Yeah, <laughs> or was, play volleyball or it, something. It you know? He had, he had, he had yeah. some beach vibes to him. Yeah. Um, but that's what did it for me, man. I saw him. I saw him running fast. I'm like, you know what? I'm in. I'm mm -hmm. ready to go. Him and Bones together. They probably played pickup already. Yeah. <laughs> We're joking about the fan fiction. of <laughs> like We write Nuggets fan fiction in our head. Yeah. Like, I'll bet they're best friends already. I want to see some shots of Michael Malone. That might get my juices flowing. Like <laughs> Michael Malone, Malone in the gym just coaching up. Oh, that's too funny. Um, let's get into our mailbag here. We got some questions. Kale, do you have our first one ready to go? Yes, you get to curate whichever one is number one. This one comes from Marinade or Marinade 98. Hmm. Not really sure. Um, which team would you be most annoyed to see in the finals? This is a great question. Oh, this is a great question. This is a great, this is a great starter. I'll let you go first. Hmm. This one's easy for me. For me, it would be the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't think them until you said it. And then right when you said it, I'm like, you know what? I would be annoyed with them. But it's not them. They're number two. 
Uh, for me, it'd be the Utah Jazz. Um, look, I'm I'm so cool with the Jazz just being this regular season story and then flaming out in the playoffs. I want <laughs> you this, want it to happen again. I want this narrative to stick for the rest of time. I want them to get the number one seed in the regular season and then flame out in the playoffs for the the rest of my existence. In all so, seriousness, if they don't make the Western Conference Finals this year, they probably do make a sweeping change, right? Like, you would have to think. Because yeah. it's not that it was to be just one year. They would have the Nuggets collapse. They would have last year. And then if it was this year where they were a top yeah. two seed and then lost in the second round, it'd be like, hey, man, this is clearly not the formula. Last year would have done it, I think, for a lot of teams, just being really the only healthy team at that right. point in the playoffs yeah, and too. losing to the yep. Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. But you can say COVID and the weird season and all of that. Next year, you would have to think that would be it. And it was even before that they had, I think, the Rocket Series, right? And it's like that is a bad matchup, and they kind of got smoked there. So it, I definitely feel like this year is the <laughs> – this could be the implosion year if the Jazz – if it yeah. doesn't happen. It's That's like, a lot of big market energy actually, I'm putting out there. No, you know right what, though? Bat, yeah, yeah, Utah. For Utah people. <laughs> no, but you actually um, – I was thinking it would actually mirror the 76ers this year because if they lost – you know Donovan Mitchell would go to the podium and be like, we have a big man who can't step out on the perimeter. So, you know, something like you can't catch the ball or something. Just there would be, it might not be that, that wild, but I bet you there would be something about, I don't know what it is. We can defend in the regular season, but we can't in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, we know what you're saying. Like wink, wink, hint, hint. Maybe we need to get some guys who that are a little more versatile in here. (laughs) Like Donovan Mitchell definitely saying something like that. Um, it's not the Jazz for me. It's the Lakers. This is eternal return. Like, this, never one's ever going to unseat the Lakers for me as the team that I most don't want to see in the finals. Them adding Westbrook and now DeAndre Jordan only like <laughs> makes them less likable. This is the White Howard. Like, they are the least likable Lakers team I've they've ever assembled. So yeah. my hatred. I didn't. I always thought I had a full hatred. Like I was so full. I somehow I am now even more full of hatred for the Lakers. Yeah. So and it's, it's almost them. like the Lakers are just doubling down on that. They, they know everybody hates them and they're like we just want everybody to hate us some more. I said this on Locked on Nuggets with Matt Moore yesterday but you know Marcus Gasol maybe become available. Like I would I would really love for that to happen. Like the Lakers, like we don't need you, and then him to come to Denver and help beat the Lakers. Because you know he hates the Lakers, also. Yeah, he's, he's so got to about last season. It's like, why am I not in the club and the yeah. circle of trust on these guys? We wouldn't yeah. get DeAndre Jordan, really? Come on, Marcus is not hateable enough to be in the. the he's not hateable. Of trust he's not Lakers. hateable for sure. Not hateable at all. Um, the other team, obviously the Nets. Like I don't. Eh. It's weird because they're Eastern Conference, but I don't want the Nets to win. Like I do worry. I will tell you, as I've been analyzing the NBA, I have been like looking at this going like, are we just kidding ourselves? We've been like we we've been a little too soured by just some of the unlucky events like the Warriors lost Kevin Durant that one year. So they didn't win it. So we're kind of like anything can happen. But we forget that when the Warriors had Kevin Durant, they actually won two straight without ever being challenged and were en route to being three straight without ever being challenged. And I look at this Nets team and I'm like, they were this close to beating the Bucks. Sure. And they didn't, and they're going to be better this year. And I'm like, are we kidding ourselves that this Nets team might just steamroll everyone? And I, I kind of think that we are. Injuries are real, and I think that the health in- it thing is like with them is especially significant. So there is, I'm not saying abandon all hope or whatever, but I do think fully healthy. I'm like, they're going to smoke everyone, and that sucks. Absolutely. I mean, they kind of did last year when they were fully healthy, and yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that we're now I guess back at the point or we never left the point where injuries are the final thing that matters yeah. and maybe the only thing that matters. For sure. Whoever is healthy or most healthy at the end just has the best chance to win a championship. Yeah. Could have said that last year with the Lakers, with the Nets. Yeah. The Bucks won it. They were pretty healthy. Uh, you can probably say it again for this coming season. Yeah. And it's sad. It's depressing. But it is what it is. The next one for me would be the 76ers. Just like you got the Embiid Jokic thing, like I don't want Embiid to win an MVP, I don't yeah. want him to win a championship, I don't want any of that. So uh, they, they would be next, and then Utah would be next for me because I'm like I'm with you, the Rudy Gobert thing. I don't want him to succeed. Yeah, I gained a lot of respect for the Suns after they beat the Nuggets four zero in the playoffs last year. Um, they're also they also rank pretty high up on my list because they've kind of just jumped the Nuggets in in the rebuild, you know, timeline. Maybe, uh, maybe they. Denver started, you know, their I don't rebuild think they did. I a don't little think bit did. earlier than Phoenix. But Phoenix did it in like a year or a year or two. Kind um, of. 
So that would kind of upset me that, that they kind of jumped Denver. Um, I don't think, but here's the thing. I would agree with you if people were like unanimous, the Suns are now better than the Nuggets, but people aren't. Like there's still a lot of people like if the Nuggets, it's right. always if the Nuggets are healthy, they're right there with them. So I just feel like Denver beat them to the mountaintop, maybe fell down a little bit because yeah. of injuries. Phoenix got there and now they're both there and they're just like, yeah, these are two really good teams. So. Yeah. They don't bother me. I don't know if there's another team that really bothers me. I don't think there is. I mean, a lot of people, I think, would say Portland. But Portland is, like, they're so not, yeah, done. Yeah, they're they're so happen. done. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> All right, what else we got, Kale? What's our next one? With the way he was used in the Nuggets system last year, MPJ is like clay. But is MPJ ceiling closer to prime T-Mac than KD? Okay, I have to take objection to this one thing. Go ahead. This sounds like an insult, right? Because KD is, I think, is going going to be and probably already is ranked higher than than T Mac. But when we say prime T Mac, here's the thing about prime T Mac: people don't realize Kobe or T Mac was a question during Kobe's height. This wasn't like this was a question in '99. It was, but I'm saying like as they got up even higher, 2005. You and people were making the argument T Mac was better than Kobe. Now. A couple things happened. One, T Mac's career fell out. He got hurt. He yep. started to fall off. And number two, I think T Mac very clearly did not have Kobe's obsessive competitiveness. Mm -hmm. And like that is a thing that you have to factor in. So there is real reasons why there was separation yeah. I there. I feel like a narrative on T Mac was he could have always been better than he was, but he didn't put in enough work. To, to get to that and, point. And also just the mentality. Like, honestly, he would have fit in perfectly in today's era where, like, you sure. do oh, like, an excuse and then, like, I'll just you know go join the super was, team. Was that? He was a hooper. He was a hooper. <laughs> but here's the thing is T-Mac was incredible, and T-Mac was – the reason I don't like the, – the comparison to KD makes more sense to me because KD is, what, a bucket. He's a scorer, yeah. first, second, third, fourth. And then he could pass, he could defend, he could rebound, whatever. But – He's a scorer. T-Mac was an all-around player. Like T-Mac was a scorer as well, but T-Mac was an incredible facilitator. He he could do everything, man. And so I I to me Michael Porter is much more of a scorer. Like his all of his other skills are whatever, but mm -hmm. his scoring is elite. So and also you make it sound like prime T-Mac is down here and prime KD is up here. I don't think it's that way. T-Mac at his best, maybe a shorter window than most guys, but at his best was a lot closer to the KDs and the Kobe's of the world than I think the average person will remember or realize in large part because of how his career unfolded and he really fell off a cliff. Yeah. And he, he also played in... Again, this era is so weird for people to think about. I actually just made the joke about him joining super teams. He actually left. He was with Toronto and with Vince Carter. They could have had a good team. He wanted his own, and he went to Orlando. Then he was on another bad team. and then he went. So he was actually – he didn't have a lot of playoff success, but I think it was because he had a terrible sort of – like he didn't really – it's not necessarily his fault. Yeah. No, that's, that's fascinating because I don't really remember the T-Mac era. So I have very little context. Context, I feel like, for what T-Mac was, how he is – his – peak is similar to Katie and all that I think a lot of it with Michael Porter Jr. this season is going to come down to uh how much he improves his ball handling I feel like that can really just unlock so much for him in the half court in transition I mean how many times did the Nuggets get out in transition and Porter would like fumble you know a transition pass right, and like it right. would lead to a turnover um him just creating for himself in the half court and one-on-one -on -one situations going to the hoop if he tightens up his handle, because T Mac and Katie, like those guys, are really good ball yeah, handlers. Yeah, yeah, of course. Really, really advanced for guys their sizes, and that's something that Porter's got to get a lot better at. If he can improve his handle, man, I, I think that really allows him to more easily level up this coming season. This is, I think, T Mac, KD, whatever. This is where player comparisons almost harm you when you're trying to analyze a guy. Because I honestly just think MPJ is so different from both. He's really different from T Mac, but he's even oh, different yeah. from KD. And the handle thing, you're right. I don't picture him having a great handle like a KD where he's got all these moves. But I've said this before. He's got a more, almost in many ways, a more confident jump shot. And people will laugh and say, oh, KD's not a confident. He is. He's just always looking to get to the hole or this or that. I could see K. Uh, I could see MPJ being Steph Curry-esque in that. It's like, does he have a handle? Does he have some of the things? Yes, but the number one thing is he's just always ready to shoot. And mm -hmm. if you leave him any amount of space, he goes up. I, I think that's more what MPJ looks like as we go on in this idea where he bends defenses because guys are jumping out so far on him. Does he have the dynamic moves? No, but he can yeah. do this, and it's just as valuable. So. Different, but I just I like this question in part in large part because I wanted to sit here and be like, even you saying like he was a good player, T Mac was a good player. I'm like I'm telling you, he was. There is an alternate universe where he is a top ten player of all time. Sure. That's how talented he was, sure. and it just didn't happen that way. I think the mentality thing is, is part of it, but 
from a talent standpoint, he just he wasn't like Brandon Roy or you know one of these guys. No, he was way ahead of those guys mm-hmm. in a talent in a talent perspective, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So let's hit our first break. Other side, we got mo- lots more. We got like ten more questions to get to today. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Uh, guys, this week, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. Uh, you know what the can looks like, that Nuggets Skyline Blue can with the Nuggets logo on it. Pick it up at the Breck Brew Farmhouse. Uh, great spot if you're just looking to hang out uh, at a place after work or this coming weekend. Uh, the Breck Brew Farmhouse, they got food there, they got drinks there, tons of stuff to do. Also, pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager at your local liquor store, at your local grocery store. Uh, they've got it everywhere. Also, we're now sponsored by Ball across the entire DNVR network, uh, as in Ball Arena, where the Nuggets play, as in the aerospace technology company, also as in the world's largest aluminum cam and packaging manufacturer. Uh, Ball is adding line capacity to their 400-person plant. Here in town in Golden, Colorado, the demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever. And chances are, if you consumed a beverage in a can, it's been from a Ball aluminum can. So if you want to work at Ball, uh, check them out, jobs.ball.com and search for Golden, or you can text Golden to 77222. Uh, Of course, Ball, they make those 8, 12, and 16-ounce can sizes for all kinds of liquid. They make cans in over 30 different sizes at facilities across the world. The Golden Plant makes regular 8-ounce, 12-ounce sleek cans, a 24-ounce growler, 12- and 14-ounce cans as well, Lumitech bottles, several different can lid sizes, which are then shipped to Colorado plants to be filled. So uh, check them out, jobsupball.com, and search for Golden or text Golden to 77222. We back? We back. We back. Look at myself. I haven't even looked at the monitor. I'm so tan. It's that camping glow. It's that camping glow. It's out in the sunshine this whole time, man. I'm telling you. Looking great, feeling (laughs) great. All right, Kale, what do we got? OG Mile High Fam says, what is your biggest question about the team or a player before the season starts? Mm. It's a good one. So, I mean, my first instinct is just some question about Michael Porter Jr. Because I, I really feel like he's the biggest storyline this coming season. Can he make the leap? And it's it's not really not even close. Um, but I'm going to go in a different direction and say, how do the Nuggets um, load, manage, or, or rest their players throughout the regular season? Because... They've never done this really with anyone, it seems like. Definitely not with Nikola Jokic. And I feel like there will be some plan to you know, make sure he doesn't wear down at the end of the season this coming year. And it's just going to be interesting to watch because they haven't really tried to do something like this before. How is Jokic going to react to that? Is he going to be pissed at them for making him right, sit? Right. So I'm very curious to see how he's that not going to be pissed at him. They're not going to make him sit if he's pissed, though. Because like they're <laughs> you, not, you would think yeah. they're not going to deal with an unhappy Jokic. Yeah. Like if they piss it, or if, they, if they sit him one time and he throws a giant fit of it, they're like, "We can't do this again." Sure. Man. Like, come on, man, we can't make yeah. it bad. So just they've never done this before, and I think there will be some sort of plan that they at least go into the season with this year. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that kind of works. So I think you hit on the two central questions, and I'm going to blend them to make one. Okay. One of them is Michael Porter: Can he grow? Can he become a stu- a superstar, not just a really good player? And then you got Jokic: Can he handle? You know, like another year without Murray, he's got to go a whole year. Mm-hmm. Is he going to get fatigued? I'm going to blend these two, and I'm going to say, can Denver reinvent themselves mm. or find a new style of play that doesn't wholly rely that relies on Michael Porter more heavily and Jokic slightly less? Now, look, the staple is always going to be Jokic, but I am with you that I would be shocked if Jokic has it mentally and physically in him to do what he did over the last 15 games of last year, regular season, to do that for 60 games, which is what he's going to be asked to do before Jamal Murray gets back. I don't think he has it in him. I don't think any player does, you know, outside of maybe LeBron. This one of the things that made LeBron such a freak was his ability. I don't think LeBron has that anymore. Even James Harden had it in him, you know, to do this Mm -hmm. stuff. But, you know, what's Harden known for? Fading away in the playoffs as it goes deeper and Mm -hmm. deeper into it. So... I think that clearly you don't even want to find out if Jokic is capable of doing that. I think that would be a problem. So blending those two things together, it's can they develop a, a style where Jokic gets to take the second quarter off? I'm not I mean off completely, just where he's not bringing the ball up the court and initiating the offense. Like, hey, we're kind of playing another style, and I'm just part of it. Um, that that's the big question to me. And then when Murray comes back, do you have a blending now? Like we got. We've got our old style with Murray. We got this new style. We got all these different ways to win. That's the central question for the Denver Nuggets season, in my opinion. How confident are you that this coaching staff is going to 
reinvent itself. So you put it that way as if it was a coaching staff thing, and I don't think it's in part that. I think it's a coaching staff thing. It's a player thing. Um, it, you know, It's all of it because the coaching staff could say, hey, this is the best way to use Michael Porter, but if he's not ready for the challenge, not just from a talent standpoint, but everything else that goes into it, I don't Doesn't know. Does it kind of start with the coaching staff, though? That's where it begins. I, I would be a, very a discouraged if we – I would be very discouraged if we're in week one and Michael Porter still goes – quarters without touching mm, the ball that's a good point i would be so disappointed so yes it does start with them i just would be i just it's almost inconceivable to me that they would not be like how can we get him the ball more him yeah. do this and, and because it starts with the coaching staff but then it goes to the players and the players have to trust the game plan in a sense. but but even this is like Jokic, is he ready to be more of the leader you know and even if that means stepping back you know being a leader but i'm stepping back right now because i want Porter to have the ball and I want to prove this point or this or that so it's a lot of different things together but to me that's the central question with the Nuggets can they find a different style to succeed that doesn't wholly break from who they are mm -hmm. we'll find out what else we got map time mm -hmm. Arcata what uh, what projected playoff team are you not buying in the Western Conference oh I like this one who do you think will be better than expected so this is a little surprise and that's in in, in both ends there so Let's start with not. Who is who are you not buying out west? <laughs> um, the cop out here is uh, no one because I feel like the ten playoff slash playing teams are pretty much already decided. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, like the teams that made the playoffs last year, and then just New Orleans for San Antonio and the play-in. But if there is a team. I'm not at the buying. top. Yeah, sort of at the top. Yeah, I'm not buying this season compared to last year. I'm just going to say Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul played absolutely yep. out of his mind in the playoffs last season. And look, he could very well prove me wrong, but I just don't think he's got that in the tank again at his age with the injuries he's had over the last couple of seasons. I don't think he has another year like that. And yeah, Devin Booker, DeAndre. Uh, Aiton can be better than they were last year. But, you know, I, I'm just going to say that team can't live up to what they did last year. Uh, so, so so they would be my team that I'm, I'm not buying as much heading into next year. That's a good one. I, I'm with you, the top teams. Like, if you go Lakers, um, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors even, uh, Utah, like, I'm buying all those teams to, yeah. to more or less be within the, the expected, you know, where they're expected to be. So below that, it's a little bit of a cop-out, but this is a team that I actually I would be worried about if I was a fan. Dallas Mavericks. Mm -hmm. I don't buy Jason Kidd. <laughs> they had a great regular season coach in Rick Carlisle. He's a great regular season coach. They lost him. So now you have a Luca. Like, Luca's awesome. Is he? Does this the year he starts to get a little disgruntled? Is, or do they shoot well? Do they have some a, a slow start? And he's like, man, my teammates pissed me off. Now I'm not. But him and Porzingis already like a little dicey. They have a little rough patch. Is it like they're no longer speaking to each other <laughs> like practices? And Jason Kidd is the guy tasked with like stuff like this. They, to me, are the team that I look at and I go, we have them penciled in in that next tier, the 7-8 seed. Maybe not. Maybe Dallas wow. is a year that has like a crazy Lucas trying to carry them, but they're constantly the 9 seed. They can't get over the hump and things just go south. So that's the team to me. That I, I just at. feel like Luke is good enough. Even he is. If even if there was a Porzingis feud, he would get the Dallas to like where they were last year about where they were last year, like the sixth seed, just even if there was a total internal strife, this might be a squeaky wheel gets the greasier for Luca. It's early. It might be the earliest one. He's only in what year four. This might be the, or is it <laughs> yeah. year three? And this might be the year where it's year like, four. I'm starting to come like, Hey man, give me some teammates. What the, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. You think I'm here forever? Like, give me somebody better than Tim Hardaway jr. Exactly. So they're the ones I'm not buying. Who am I buying? I'm buying Memphis. They have all the indicators of a team that really? have like, yeah, they've just every year they're good. Like every year they keep getting a little bit better. I, I think they're actually just a good team. They get Jaron Jackson jr. Mm -hmm. Back. I, I think they're good. Taylor Jenkins, a good coach too. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm buying Memphis too. I, I always like Memphis. I don't know if they got like a lot better um, with that Stephen Adams swap. But this is like this is what people did with the Nuggets when the Nuggets basically the, they're in Denver's spot right where they keep their play in like game eighty two whatever um, yeah. eight seed. This is the like people are like I don't know if they got better. It's like no, they got better because John Morant went from twenty one to twenty two and yeah. Jaron Jackson went from twenty two to twenty three. Like, 
they all just get older, and this is a year where sure. those those players. I mean, Jaron Jackson can never stay on the floor, though. Like, well, if he can can stay healthy, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, what do we got? What's another one here, Kel? Ringmaster Eric, the NBA is unable, unwilling this is one to of the market Jokic. Oh yeah, this is one of the hits. Unable, unwilling to market Jokic. What are your ideas to market him as the next generation of the NBA? Outside of Luca, who else can you foresee as an NBA superstar? So the first part. Of I actually, this I don't even know if this is the quote of the hits because I actually like this. This is a okay. unique one. Um, the first part of this question, what can the NBA do to market Nikola Jokic more? Look, a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They could do a lot. But I will say that the other side of the coin, if I can play devil's advocate uh, for everything we've ever talked about on this show, um, Nikola Jokic, like, to be a supermarketed NBA superstar also has to be also has to want to be marketed. And this is the same thing that baseball has run into with Mike Trout. Like Mike Trout doesn't want to be marketed as the face of the, uh, as the face of the MLB. Um, Nicole Jokic doesn't want to be marketed as the face of the NBA. And that is a big part of it. But then again, the NBA should also be marketing him as everything that's right about the game of basketball. Um, a guy that is super unselfish, a guy that plays the right way, a guy that all he cares about is winning. That's, you know, never um, had like a bad thing said about him. That's never like screwed up. Um, so you could market him as just everything that's right about basketball right. and just the model for every young player to look up to and, and to be like, uh, but they don't. So here's the thing from my perspective on it. And I put this when I made that video about Kobe calling Jokic the MVP and and this or that. And I was talking, the NBA has added layers to their to to what it is. The NBA was a basketball league. Like there's nothing else to it. You buy a ticket, you show up, you watch the game, you go home. Is the end cut scene over? The NBA has become the like okay, you know what else are we go? Let's get the personalities. These guys personality. Let's create the rivalries now and like let's get these guys jawing back and forth. You fast forward thirty years now. It's like what are they wearing? Mm-hmm. What clothes are they? What clothes are they wearing? What are they driving? I saw NBA 2K. Somebody put this out there where it was like all the brands that are involved in NBA 2K 22 or whatever it is, and it was like Nike and Polo and all this and like you could customize the fits. And I'm like, the NBA is so dumb. Like that stuff <laughs> is seasoning to the the sport is the, the like 95 percent of it. And then there's five percent. Let's throw some salt on. Let's like let's dash. And this is the, what the NFL has done well is that it's like the game is the game. This is this is it. And like okay, you want to cover this other stuff. There's little arms for for that. Even us, it would be akin to here at DNVR. We clearly feel we are changing the way media is, and that we're trying to make fun things. And like now we got we got the T-shirts, we got the bar, we got all these different things. But if we completely abandoned covering sports and like our coverage and like our podcast, we only did snake drafts and only did this type <laughs> of like nobody would ever tune in. It's like there is a core yeah. here of discussion about the Denver Nuggets and the NBA that people are like, that's why I'm here. And those other things just add the seasoning to what they're talking about. Jokic is a steak. Jokic mm-hmm. is a steak being drowned out by mountains of salt and sure. seasoning where it's like, no, his basketball is incredible. Why was Larry Bird such a fascinating player? In large part because he was fun as shit to watch. He throws yeah. no-look passes and does fun th- stuff. Why is Jokic fun? Because the way he plays basketball is so ridiculously incredible. And to me, it's just that. The NBA should be highlighting more of that and caring much less about the other the outside things of it, especially with their main partners. And that's why when I hear some of these like you know, Stephen A. and Wilbon, and they want to make the super team. I'm like, God, these guys are never going to talk about the actual basketball that's being played. They're going to be talking about the different rumors and the superstar. And what does it mean for LeBron's legacy? And I'm like, get out of here, man. That mm-hmm. stuff is too annoying. So to me, too much seasoning in the NBA. This is, I, but we're only adding more seasoning because it's right. the quick hit. It seems like we've been talking about some of the problems with NBA coverage for years and years and yeah. years. And all the NBA is doing is just doubling down on doubling those down. problems that we've talked about. Yeah. There was an interesting, I think I might have used this metaphor. I might have said this on this exact show. You can correct me. I, I'm playing the hits here. But it was about the, like, when they first invented Pepsi, It Pepsi is sweeter than Coke. It has, like, more sugar in it. It's more sweet than Coke, Coca-Cola. So when they did the test, they'd give everybody a little sample, and you take a drink of Pepsi, and you go, which, and the drink of Coke, you go, which one do you like? And they'd always pick the sweeter one because, like, sure. your brain just immediately goes sweet. But if you have to drink a whole Pepsi, you're kind of like, God, that's so much sugar. It kind of sucks. Like, I'm, you drink a whole, like, uh, entire can, and you're like, this is too mm. much. That's what the NBA is. They did a little sample size, and they're like, man, people want to hear more about the fits. And they really like this, like, LeBron, and he's he fighting with so-and-so. 
And it's like, yeah, you gave everybody the sample, but once you gave them a two liter of Pepsi, they're like, right. oh, this is terrible. This is disgusting. <laughs> I don't think you ever use that metaphor on the show. You don't it's, think I ever it's have? Great, it's a great one, right? Chat's a big fan of the metaphor. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a break on that one. Then I'll let it simmer here. Um, Harrison, take us, take us to break. And the final side, we, we will have to do rapid fire because we got a lot more questions. Great, great. Kale, and also, Kale's kicking us out of the studio. I don't know if you guys heard. <laughs> he is. He gave us a hard, a hard stop. Hard stop at 12. Hard stop at 12, he said. Uh, guys, make sure to uh, pick up some products from Manscaped this summer. Just, just something you have to have for a hot summer in Colorado. Uh, right now at manscaped.com, you can use the code DNVR. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use that code DNVR at manscaped.com. You can pick up the performance package uh, 4.0. In that performance package, you can get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker, the nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Travel bag is, is the real hidden gem of that one. So pick that up from manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use that code DNVR. You absolutely need uh, the performance package 4.0 especially if you're in Colorado for the summer or really wherever you are, pick that up from manscaped.com. Get 20% off with the code DNVR. Uh, at DraftKings right now, of course, we've got the NFL season coming up this weekend. I, I can't wait. Um, so get in on that action before opening night kicks off with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving all customers the opportunity to participate in this year's no-brainer offer. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread uh, to Tampa Bay plus 73 for all customers. So I think the Bucks are playing the Cowboys this weekend. Uh, the spread's plus 73. So uh, I got news for you. Dirt. It's going to happen. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to happen. Uh, this is free money from DraftKings Sportsbook. Check uh, so, one. yeah, if you haven't gotten in on this, um, this isn't even for just new customers. It's for everyone. So I, by I, the way, I'm in on it. You're in on it. I told it. you what I do. I signed up. My wife has an account. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I text everybody I know. I'm like, hey, guys, this is the free yeah. money. Just sign up real quick. And yeah. I'm like, oh, thank you, but Adam. But this, this isn't even for new customers. It's for everyone. This is for everyone. So even if you're a loyal DraftKings user, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Um, new By the way, last week I told everybody to hammer the over. I yeah. told everybody to do that. I won. Uh, the over was 0. 0.5. <laughs> I like how they had to leave it at 0. 0.5. Yeah, it had to be something. So I won that bet. I told you guys it was a no-brainer, and I won 25 bucks. Yeah. Uh, new customers. This is one for new customers. Bet $1 in any football game to receive $200 in, in free bets instantly with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. For everyone else, uh, hit on that Tampa Bay plus 73. That's for everyone. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only free bet promotion for new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Max wager limits apply. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. And finally, stop into Solace Meds this month. They had great deals for August. They've got great deals for September. Can America gummies, 25% off. Strange tinctures, 20% off. Rocking cartridges, 25% off. Glacier concentrates, 20% off. They just had a Labor Day sale, uh, but they've got great deals going on throughout the rest of the month. So stop into any one of their four locations. They got one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, Broadway, one just blocks from the DMVR bar on East Colfax. Get all those great offers. And they've also got uh, an offer they have all the time. Drop the code DNVR20 at checkout. Get 20% off your entire purchase. No better way to support DNVR than stopping into Solace Meds and uh, dropping that code DNVR20 for 20% off. Final segment here on the DNVR Nuggets Tuesday show. Only four shows this week. Short week. Short week. Uh, Kale, bring us up. What do we got next? The people want to know. Oh, my God. Certified lover boy or Donda. People do not want to know. I was buckets. wondering if you would even know what this question meant. Of course. Dude. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm, I don't you know. Were you, know all, you were camping all weekend. You want, you want to know? That, yeah, it's actually true. You want to know You want to know something interesting? Actually listen to both albums. Okay. So I In have some preparation takes. for this question. For this question. I knew it was coming. I knew the people wanted to know this one. Yeah. So I want to hear your take first. Um. So, I mean, coming from a diehard Kanye stan who real Kanye fans would know this, we didn't go out in college on Friday nights until... Um, the Good Friday track from Kanye dropped. Uh, certain people know what that means. Shout out to you guys. Um, this is coming from a diehard Kanye fan. It was uh, the Drake album for me. Why? 
it's just more listenable. Like yeah. the Kanye album was boring. It yeah. dragged. Yeah. Every song sounded the same. Um, <laughs> it was a rough listen. I don't think it's like a great Drake album by any means, but it was at least listenable. My opinion on this doesn't matter, but I'll just give a quick one. You're right. Easier to listen to, not necessarily better. I yeah. do think that Donda will end up being the album that gets discussed more in 20 years. But you're right that if you <laughs> yeah, have to get in the sure, car and sure. listen to one, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to Drake for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So absolutely. also, Kanye gets a little bit of credit for this. Like he's to me, it's annoying. I'm not a huge like appreciator of everything he does. In fact, most things. But I will say like the way he marketed this album, and just the, like the story behind, like every all of the like craziness to it is like unique in a way that I feel like will will be altering. Maybe for yeah. a worse way cuz I'm not exactly excited for every artist to do this for their like but right. I'm just saying like some of the stuff he did is like okay this is he is not just making music. He's making thing he's almost like Andy Kaufman, right? Like where he's like yeah. he's just he's making things and he is the art. Right. He's got to do that though because Every album that he puts out or has put out recently is just a disappointment. I don't know, man. I just I, I disagree. I don't think he has to do it. I think he can't not do it because he's a true artist. Yeah. In a, in a sometimes in an annoying way, but yeah. I don't think he's doing it. I don't. I don't think it's just like straight publicity. I think he's. I think it's just part of the Kanye album rollout now. Like, <laughs> and it's gonna get crazier and weirder. Yeah, it's just gonna get crazier. You like and the albums are gonna be more and more disappointing. All right, what else we got? Can I throw in a dad version? Oh, seeing as Mata's is half the show, Pearl Jam, Stan, or Nirvana's. Never mind. Now this is my wheelhouse. This one's an easy one, though, to me. It's never mind. Of course, it's like one of the most influential albums of all time. Yeah. So it's clearly that one. And I this unlike the last one, I think both easier to listen to and better. Okay, and more like influential. Okay, so. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little okay. bit of Calm A, a little bit of Calm D. Um, dad rock for sure. I can't believe Nirvana's dad rock. <laughs> I will say I always do hold on. I always do come across the Reddit posts where they're always like, what's the most overrated band of all time? And it's always the Beatles and Nirvana are like one, two. And I'm always like both terrible takes, but <laughs> the kids don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, yeah, how could it be the Beatles? I also see like, by the way, as a musician, I see people say all the time, like Nirvana's music so simple. And I'm always just like, one, the simplicity of music is not like, yeah. like the complexity. Hello, Blink 182. Shout out. But that that's simple music. Even Nirvana is more complex than people sure. think. Like it's not like Blink 182. But sure. also like, what does it matter? Yeah. The, the, the complexity of it's weird to me. All right. Yeah. Really. Everybody why, likes. Why should that be like the deciding? Thing? Everybody only likes like Tool and Rush, and that's the only two bands that matter because they're complex. Yeah. Is Kanye complex? But all his songs just sound the same. <laughs> Do you think Jokic would have been seen as an all defensive caliber defender in the '90s and 2000s? It seems to me that he has similar qualities to Gasol's and Tim Duncan, but the mm. space and pace of the modern game negates a lot of that, despite helping his offensive potential. I think there's something to this because now we just think of good defensive centers as shot blockers right? and seven-footers who well, just... You think more so than back in the day? Um, well, Dikembe the, Mutombo? But the the example he pointed to, Tim Duncan. Okay. Like, everybody, would everybody think of Tim Duncan as this oh, okay. all-world okay. defender today? Interesting. The smart people, like you and me, yes. The general <laughs> NBA crowd, probably you plebs. not. You plebs. Probably not. So I think Jokic would have had more of a defensive acumen. People would have thought of him as a better defender a little bit more back then. Maybe not as an all-world guy, because he's not. But um, maybe he would have been thought of better back then, slightly uh, more than he is now. Well, you're right that what he sucks at is guarding in space, which is what almost all centers suck at to different levels. And you didn't Nobody's have to like do that back in the day. Too. And you didn't have to do it like nearly as much. Like nearly. There's nearly a video, by the way, of Akeem Olajuwon getting switched out uh, somehow in a play and just gets blown right by. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember somebody brought it up one time. They're like, watch, watch Akeem in 94 try to guard Mark yeah. Price or something. And he's just like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so you're right about that. The one thing I will say is that all skills were different. The, there was another part of this question that's like his offense would have been negated. Maybe, maybe not. Like, I don't know that Jokic. I, I actually think Jokic would have thrived offensively. I do too. Even in tighter space, like he would have been able to be more physical. He, we know he loves to be physical. His touch would have still been there. It's not like three pointers weren't valuable after he would have been so versatile offensively as a player. So, I, and also he's a really good interior passer. So the game was a little more tight. But he's good at throwing passes when there's a crowd like he's, he's really good at that so that would have been valuable as well but defensively the one thing i'll say is i think people are 
and I don't know if you meant to do this intentionally, but almost diminishing the skills of a Patrick Ewing or a Dikembe Mutombo. Like those guys were really good at guarding the post, and they were really good at rebounding and the physicality of it. And yes, they probably would have sucked at guarding the pick and roll, but or or switching out into isolation or whatever. But I don't. I don't think you could say like, oh, Yoke would have is just as good as Patrick Ewing at guarding no, yeah. the post. Like, no, there's still levels to this. And even Tim Duncan, who, by the way, Tim Duncan, you're right that if he had to guard Steph Curry on an island or James Harden, like, yes, he he too would have looked bad. But it's not like Tim Duncan retired in 2006. He still played 2013, which was the start of the small ball revolution, 2014. And he was very effective. Mark Gasol-esque that he was very smart and had good hands and great length and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So. Yoke would have been better defensively, I think, back then, but he would not have been an elite defender is the question I think asked. When Murray is back, do you bring Barton off the bench? <laughs> Another this, one of the hits. This is the number one hit. Listen, <laughs> we talk about playing the hits. Barton, Does off, the, Will Barton off the bench? skill set make him yeah. better suited for a I six I think he's man. a better six man. I don't think he's a starter. Um, no. I mean, look. There is a chance, of course, that PJ Dozier and Murray, and uh, Murray are a better combo, or I don't know any any players. And Barton is better off the bench. There's a chance, but I don't see it happening. I just don't. I don't see it happening. I think Barton no. starts every game he's healthy. Look, we have enough data, enough games That's that we've seen where people need to see the numbers. The again. Nuggets starting lineup with Will Barton is Plus one, of, one of the best starting lineups in the league. Right, every single year. Every year. So, um. Uh, I, I love I love this question because we always just get to talk about it and talk about why we're right and everybody else is wrong. So keep it coming. I hope we get it like for an extended period though, where everyone's like, "Man, Barton looks so good with yeah. these this guys." This is actually like, yeah, just right. me submitting this question every time, <laughs> just so we can talk about it. All right, what else? Do you guys fear the Lakers more in their previous form or in the new geriatric plan? Also, which of those is more hateable? Uh, well, we talked about this version of the Lakers being supremely hateable. Like they're just so you hateable. add DeAndre Jordan, you get back to White Howard, uh, you get Russell Westbrook. Who's I like love to hate Westbrook. I hate to hate all those other ones. I love to hate Westbrook. You know, yeah. so um, yeah, they're more hateable. But as far as more fearable, see, the Lakers' plan right now is so obvious to me. They're just trying to replicate their team that beat the Nuggets in the bubble, with all that length, with all those seven footers, with just all the lobs. It's going to be Westbrook to Davis, Westbrook to Jordan. You know, that's what that was the real strength of their team uh, two seasons ago. Even though it was only one calendar year ago, uh, they're just trying to replicate that. So I think it's going to work. I, I think the Lakers are going to be really good. Um, yeah. They're just going to overwhelm people with their power and their strength. And everybody's like, "Oh, is Russell Westbrook going to fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis?" Yes, the Lakers are going to be very, very good if everybody's healthy. But you can say that about every team. So. I think it. I think the Lakers are the favorite. I think they're the best team in the West. Um, I think they're yeah. just as scary as, as they've been in years past. I think. I think the Lakers might be clunky on offense, but I, they're going to. It's gonna not going to matter. Uh, I don't think athletically. Yeah. I could see them being a team that is often down five, six, seven points in a game, but has twenty-five to five runs in them sure. all the time. Like they're just a team that has that. They're always trying to pounce. But just once a game, there'll be a pounce moment where teams end up having to take two timeouts to stop a 12-0 run because they're just so athletically overwhelming. And when the shots fall, they're going to be great. Yeah. So, um, But they're not more – I will say this. I don't know that they are – I fear them any more than previous years. In fact, maybe slightly less because I do feel like there's going to be ways to beat them. But um, they're going to be really – they're still the favorites. Yeah, if that makes the sense. clear favorites in my mind in the West. Yeah. All right. Last one. Last one from – Magic Kimura, predict how many King of the Oh, I love this one. I can predict how many King of the Game awards each Nuggets player will win this upcoming season. I think rather than go player by player. Yeah. King of the game, remember we do this about relative. So if we just said best player of the game, Jokic would probably win 60, 65, 70 mm -hmm. of these, maybe 75, who knows? He would win a lot of these. But if we do it like, no, who won the game relative to their expectation, who kind of like surpassed that, I actually think this will be an interesting year for that. So do you think there's any way that Jokic does not win the most king of the game? No, no, that's right. that's a lock. Like right. he's going to win the most king of the game. <laughs> right. But I, but we've had years where it's like he's 50% of them or more yeah. or whatever. I actually think Michael Porter is going to have a lot of king of the games this year. I mean, if he doesn't, the Nuggets are in trouble. <laughs> I think Aaron Gordon is going to grab a lot of king of the games because of like great fourth quarter defense. Mm. I think we're going to see king of the games from Will Barton and Monte Morris and – 
Jeff Green might get a couple, grab a couple. Uh, Jermichael Green might grab a couple. PJ Dozier, I think, is going to be a sneaky good. If I had to put the order, I would say it's Jokic, it's Michael Porter. Yeah. And we go way down. Third. We go day, way down. I think it's Barton okay. and Aaron Gordon somewhere right right there. We get a couple Murrays. We might get one or two Murrays, you know, at the late of the year. I think <laughs> we're, I we're, we're going to be so desperate for a Murray King of the game. He's going to get points. some he probably shouldn't have. Six, <laughs> six points. Yeah, go ahead layup <laughs> yeah. in the third quarter. But he really just inspired the guys tonight. Yeah, he really <laughs> inspired them. I think, I think you look at Jokic, MPJ, then Barton and Gordon kind of tied, and then PJ Dozier next. And then after that... You kind of get Monte Morse probably after that, and then kind of a tie for yeah. everybody else. Maybe Monte will get more than we're giving him credit for, because I bet Monte is going to have a bunch of games where it's like 15 points, eight assists, zero turnovers. Zero turnovers. Yeah. And in the fourth quarter, he has like five assists, zero turnovers. The problem with that is he has five assists to who? It's going to be Jokic and MPJ who hit the game winners. Now, I will give him credit, though. <laughs> I will be just shouldering the just the credit for Monte. Monte Monte's going to win a lot of runner-ups. <laughs> He's yeah. gonna win a lot like, of well, runner-ups. Is it Monte? No, it's no, Jokic. we Come can't. On. We Monte guys, was guys, great. Guys, yeah, it's Jokic. Jokic <laughs> did have fifty, so we're gonna have to give it to Jokic. But yeah. Monte was good. He was good. He was <laughs> yeah. really solid. There's gonna be a lot of those. All right, guys, this was fun. A good start to the week, win. Yeah, good start. Man. That was a really good stuff, guys. Don't forget, we got cool stuff going on. I want to promote one thing that we have going on this weekend. The DNVR Bar is a great place to come and watch CU Buffs and CSU Rams. Although CSU Rams, you come here, it's gonna might be a funeral. But we have we have <laughs> live alcohol. We got Broncos games, you know, coming up. We got Rams and Buffs games. Any Denver sports event, we always have the games going. But this weekend in particular, we have a party bus, a party bus because CU are uh, yeah CU is playing at uh, right down the street. What's it called these days? <laughs> um, it's at Mile High. Empower, there it is. Empower. It's at Empower. It's at Empower. They're playing at Mile High. They're playing at Mile High. And so you come here to the bar at 10 o'clock, and then you take a bus. You get here and you drink. You eat breakfast. You have some drinks. You know, you get whatever. And then you get on the party bus, have more drinks while yeah. you ride with CU fans or whatever. You don't have to take an Uber. You don't have to arrange your travel to the game. You get the bus. Get party and bus. then after the game, guess what? You're like, hey, I want to keep these good vibes going. Where do I go? Party bus right back, <laughs> round trip, right back to the DNVR bar where you can continue to drink yes. or drink your sorrows away. So, I mean, only- this is honestly what I've wanted for like two years now. Chime in. But also there's only 56 tickets available. Yes. So if you want to go, book those today. Do it now. Get you get you and the fellas together or you and the ladies together and come on down. I'm yeah. telling you, it's going to be a great time. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Hit that like button on the way out. Adios. All right, the Colorado XOs just finished up their season. They finished 5-5. Five and five. That's a great start for this brand new team playing against professionals that have been playing for years. If you haven't heard of the Colorado XOs, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. The XOs are athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respective sports. Now they're coming together to try out rugby. If you yourself are an elite athlete and are interested in trying out for the Colorado XO program, contact the director of recruitment, Peter Pask. His email is ppasque at glendale.co.us. One more time, that's ppasque at glendale.co.us.